Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. All right, we would like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Uh, Good evening, and welcome to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorn. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Before we begin, uh, we want to tell you a little bit about our ghost-filled novel, The Cliff House Haunting. Yeah, it was our very first collaboration, too. Since it opened in 1887, the Cliff House Lodge has been plagued by a dark history of murder, mayhem, and ghosts. There are tales of a phantom called the Blue Lady who rises from the lake to walk the halls of Cliff House House Lodge when murder is imminent. She hasn't been seen since the Roaring Twenties when a serial killer called the Bodice Ripper terrorized the town. Until now, Teddy and Adam Bellamy and their daughter Sarah have renovated Cliff House just in time for Oktoberfest. But now there's a new serial killer on the loose, and the blue lady sightings are rampant. Maids are tormented by disembodied whispers, and ghosts are leaving in the or guests. The ghosts are saying guests are leaving <laughs> in the middle of the, <laughs> of the night as blood chilling shrieks and mad laughter echo down the halls. As he tries to protect the town, Police Chief Jackson Ballou finds himself surrounded by a shady set of suspects including a sausage-obsessed physician, a tyrannical nurse, a penis-painting vandal, a narcissistic author, a wisecracking undertaker, and his own drunken father. Cliff House, for one particular resident, it's the perfect hunting ground for murder. And, you know, I got I to gotta say, we, I, haven't, I don't think about Cliff House a whole lot. It's the first one that we did together, as Tamara said, and, and yeah. as an interesting side note, we... Uh, um, this was the book that, you know, she, uh, Tamara's been published since the 90s, and I was reading her stuff and loving it, and she said to me, you know, we should, we should write together, and this is, this is what it became. It started as a short story, and mm-hmm. it became, just to see if we could do it together, and it became Cliff House, and I just, I just want to point out, I forgot about this somehow, but we ended up having to cut 50,000 words out of this book because that's how much fun we had. So. Right. It was great. And, and it was we, great fun. And we're, yeah, yeah. But we've never yeah. managed to write a short story. That just doesn't happen. No. We just write books. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, uh, Cliff House, The Cliff House Haunting is available in paper and ebook. Uh, we should also mention that the first two serialized in, uh, installments of Shadowland, which is the fourth Ravencrest saga novel, are now available in ebook on Amazon. You can get the complete first three novels in the series, Ghosts of Ravencrest, which is a Ravencrest, and Exorcism in paper and ebook wherever books are sold. Again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and timothorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at timothorn. You can visit our Haunted Nights Live page uh, on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram at at, at thornandcross or official underscore alistaircross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, and very briefly before we introduce tonight's guest, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how it came to be. Uh, There's a book out there floating around that we've seen many, many times, and uh, Tamara read it, and she she said, you need to read this book, and I, I got a copy of it, and I had it for a while, 
I just, you know, there's so many books to read. I just, you know, didn't, you know, just didn't read it right away. And then I finally did. I finished it um, just a couple of days ago. And uh, I mean, I wasn't very far into it. And we were like, you know, we need to get this, we need to get this writer on the show. And uh, uh, the book was Kill Creek and the writer is Scott Thomas. Uh, Scott Thomas is the Stoker nominated author of, as I said, Kill Creek, and uh, which was selected by the American Library Association's Reader Committee as the top horror book of 2017. His second novel, Violet, was named by Library Journal as one of the best books of 2019. Originally from Coffeyville, Kansas, Scott attended the University of Kansas, where he earned degrees in English and film. He is the creator and executive producer of Disney Channel's Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja, Best Friends Whenever, and Raven's Home, and Netflix's Malibu Rescue. He has written TV and teleplays for various networks, including Netflix, Showtime, Sci-Fi, MTV, VH1, The CW, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and Freeform. Scott was nominated for a daytime Emmy for his work on R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. I love that show. Uh, mm-hmm. An NAACP image from for The Raven's Home and a BAFTA for Malibu Rescue. Uh, although he has made a career in family television, his passion has always been horror. From an early age, he was drawn to stories about monsters and the supernatural. As a kid, instead of having superheroes or dinosaurs on his birthday cake, Scott had ghosts in haunted houses. Kill Creek is being developed for television at Showtime with director Scott Derrickson and executive producer Misha Green. Uh, he, Scott is also working, is currently developing a series for sci-fi based on George Romero's Day of the Dead. So, needless to wow. say, he's a very, very busy guy, and he made time for us. <laughs> so, we appreciate that. Welcome yes. to the show, Scott. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, we're thrilled. Really good. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, as we mentioned, we, we, we read your book recently. I have not read Violet yet. Um, uh, Tamara just finished it the, the other night, and she says I need to read that one too, and I will. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we get into uh, the books, can we talk a little bit about how you kind of ended up here? What led you in the direction that you went? You know, it's, it's nothing that you do is an easy uh, path. So, yeah, what led you there? Yeah, you know, I've, as you said, I've always loved horror. That's always been my favorite Mm -hmm. genre. And um, just, I don't know why, but from the, as far back as I can remember, I I just, I loved going to the library and checking out books on ghosts and the Bermuda Triangle and and Mm -hmm. Bigfoot and everything. And, and that was the section I I went straight to. And, um, and I just always loved it. Um, And when I and I started uh, writing, you know, little stories in elementary school um, and then into, you know, junior high and, and high school. And they were always really dark and things that probably wouldn't be uh, appreciated now in school um, and would get me <laughs> sent to uh, at least the counselor, if not a psychologist and, and expelled. But, um, oh, yes. but they, they, they really people encouraged me to 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 you know continue writing and and I you know had a subscription of Fangoria and uh and mm. just loved everything about horror uh and then when I I went to University of Kansas and when I graduated from there I um 
you know, I, I kind of knew if I wanted to work in, tele- in, in film and television, I, you uh-huh. know, needed to get out to L.A. or New York. And so I moved out to L.A. and sort of accidentally got into kids' TV. Um, it wasn't anything that I was really pursuing, <laughs> but I have I, – I met a friend of mine who, who I've known for probably 20 years now, and uh, he and I started writing together, and uh, – and, um, we have been a writing team for television since then. And, and so uh, we were writing, you know, he, he loves comedies and, and I love sort of genre stuff. And, and so we would always kind of try to take a little, you know, some sort of genre element and, and put some comedic elements in it. But um, we just, you know, ended up kind of, we wrote a spec that wasn't a kid's thing and Disney channel read it and they, they liked the tone of it. And then they asked us uh-huh. if we wanted to do a show for them. And so we wow. just kept selling them pilots until we started getting shows on the air. And then suddenly we were showrunners and we were running, you know, shows uh, for them. Mm-hmm. And it's a great experience to kind of learn how to do it. And, and, you know, it's been really fun, especially since I've had kids since then and, and they've uh-huh. been able to enjoy them and come to set but I always wanted to do horror. That That's what I wanted to do. And so I actually, um, um, like, I mean, I wrote the first draft probably in the early 2000s. And, and, but oh, because wow. I had this career in kids TV, I, uh-huh. you know, couldn't really get anyone to, to do anything with it. And uh, so it wasn't until like 2016, I think that, um, that, I saw this contest uh, online. It was uh, it was called the Launchpad um, Manuscript Competition, and uh, and they still have every year. Launchpad and Tracking Board does um, you know a feature screenplay competition, a manuscript competition. This is a really good contest if anyone's looking to enter these things yeah. because if you have if you have a script or a book just lying around that you that you need you know haven't been able to do anything with. Uh, you can enter it in these in these contests. And they have really great uh, production companies and agencies and managers and and people in the business who who judge them. And so I did that with Kill Creek, and I just saw it start to sort of, you know, it was in the top 100, uh-huh. top 50, top 25, top 10, and it didn't end wow. up winning, but it made the top 10. And one of the judges, one of the sponsors, was. Uh, a small publisher in Oakland called Inkshares. And mm-hmm. so the head of Inkshares called me up and said, Hey, we read Kill Creek, you know, we love it. We want to, we want to publish it. And so wow. from there, I, it was, you know, kind of off to the races and we were, yeah. we were, uh, we were rewriting and rewriting and rewriting at that point. Right. It's such right. a fun book. Yes. And then you wrote Violet, same publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Violet's funny because it was actually a, a I wrote I had the idea and I wrote it as a screenplay and um was never never able to really do anything with it and then when after Kill Creek came out and got some attention and, and I started talking to um Adam at Ink Shares about um uh-huh. you know what the next book might be and we started I started telling about Violet and he was like oh that has to be it that has to be the next book and so we really uh-huh. Took the, the the script was very basic. It was not. It was just the basic uh-huh. idea is really the only thing that that it has in common with what the book ended up being. But you we uh-huh. from Go there ahead. we really built out the world and and uh, and got that got that out of the book. You are such a 
good. Um, I would guess that you've read lots of Straub and King, and you have a and, and all the time as a kid reading lots of novels. You have such a good grasp of atmosphere. That's what really sucks me in. My favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're creepy. I mean, well, your books are creepy. They, and <laughs> they, they creepy guy. I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm yeah. a little creepy too. Yeah. I'm a little creepy too. I'm a lot and, creepy, but yeah. I, I no, I appreciate it. that. It's it's definitely something that I focus on. I I love. You're right in that. I I grew up reading. Stephen King, I read, oh, I'm, you know, I still re- read Stephen mm-hmm. King. I, I grew up reading, oh, yeah. uh, you know, um, Poe and Lovecraft and, and Clive Barker and, and um, Anne Rice and, and Shirley Bradbury? Jackson. And, and uh, what's that? How about Ray Bradbury? You're so good yeah. at description. Ray, I Ray Bradbury. Yeah. He was my big one. Uh, yeah. and, and Peter Straub. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I love movies and books that really are kind of slow burns and take the, and take mm-hmm. their time to get under your skin. And that's, oh, yeah. that's what I enjoy writing is, is uh, really uh, trying to establish a sense of place and a sense mm-hmm. of dread and, a, and sort of that feeling that, that sl- things are slowly kind of spinning out of control. And it's just the, the yeah. you know, I, since then, I've definitely, I, I think especially since Violet, I was like, okay, the next thing I write is just going to hit the ground running and it's going to be nonstop because um, <laughs> after Kill Creek and Violet, I was sort of like, okay, time, time to just try something different. And, and, that, and I do have an idea that is, is that way, but, um, but I see, I keep kind of going back. I feel like when I, when I write these things, uh-huh. I have to know, you know, I like to know sort of everything about in Kill Creek, yeah. it's like everything about the right, house. I want right. to know every corner of the house. Well, and and exactly. the same thing with Violet, with the house and the town. You know, I want to know everyone who's there and every corner of it so that it, if it feels real to me, hopefully it feels yeah. real to the reader. Exactly. And there's, there's a place yeah. for that because it's it's we both are big fans of that. That's We're both really, really yeah. big on atmosphere. And this is why I think, you know, Kill Creek for us, was such a breath of fresh air because it, it had that slow burn quality. I think there's a misconception right now that, you know, uh, attention spans are shorter and you need to, to, you know, get things moving right away. And I'm yeah. not sure that I believe that, but more importantly, it certainly isn't true in every case. And for us, for me, for both of us, I think it's, it's yeah. such a, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to see like somebody taking their time. Yeah. I love it. You're build, making the places that world in the characters. Yeah. Yes, Your place yes. is a character and that's important. Uh, yeah. We love that. <laughs> it's yeah. That, that's really important. That's important to me in, in writing. I feel like in, no matter what story it is, I really have to, the place does have to be a character for me um, because especially in a, in a supernatural story and, and obviously in a haunted house story, yeah. the place is a character and, and it is, it's not only the character, but it's the villain. And so it, you know, it, it, it's like, I want to give that the time mm-hmm. and, and the, the care to, you know, to make you sort of feel like, okay, the, the Finch house in Kill Creek is, is as much a character as everyone else or the town oh, in yeah. Violet is and uh, the lake and the lake house in Violet. Oh. And so, you know, because if, if those aren't, those are, those are really the, the, that's where the evil is emanating from. And that's where the sort of this, the, yeah. the threat is coming from. And so I mean, if, you, Oh, you have 
the drowned town, which is my big thing. I grew up hearing about the drowned town. My mother lived in one up in Shasta County, and when they filled in oh, the wow. reservoir when she was little, and they would go swimming on her honeymoon. She went swimming, and they could swim down to the church steeple, and and she'd get spooked and get out. And you know, I put that oh, in one wow. of my books. I always go for the drowned town. So that's about as spooky yeah. as it gets. That's it. amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know where that came from in Violet, but it was, it was, you know, I, uh, I keep joking with my publisher that I'm, you know, the next book I publish is just going to be a prologue and an epilogue because the, everyone always reads, <laughs> you know, they read the prologue of Kill Creek and Violet and they're like, I uh-huh. love the prologue. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of books that come back. But, <laughs> but I love the prologue. But when I wrote, <laughs> yeah. I wrote, the, I, I wrote them both. I wrote both the prologues in Kill Creek and Violet to really kind of, as me starting the book to as much as the, for the reader to, to uh-huh. really understand this place and to really right. understand the history of it that, that we're sort of getting ourselves into and the characters are about to experience. And that's where I just was writing it. And I just sort of came up with this idea of, of um, you know, which has been used before, obviously, as you, as you said, but mm-hmm. that, you know, this idea of a, uh, a lake that has has uh, flooded an old town, and that there are sort of some some structures under this lake, and you know it really helps with what becomes the theme of Violet, which is things that are under mm-hmm. the surface that no one's dealing with, forgotten things that that yeah. sort of you know they seem out of sight, out of mind, but they're not. Uh, how those things you know from our past and from sort of the supernatural threat that, that is mm-hmm. uh, in Violet how those things are all forgotten, abandoned things. And, and, and we think we can just ignore them and they go away, but they don't, they just fester. And just like those yeah. buildings under the, under the lake, they're still there and they're, and they're, you know, um, there's a history to yeah. them and there's a, you know, sort of a decay that's happening because, um, because yeah. they've never been dealt with. Yeah. I, it was just wonderful. <laughs> and I want to ask yeah. you, do you, do you get, find yourself getting spooked in the dark because why are you good at making the dark scary? (laughs) I, uh, sometimes there have definitely been, um, there have been moments when I've been writing because I I tend to, when I write, I, I, when I write horror, I tend to mostly listen to um, uh, soundtracks and I like, and I like soundtracks that are, that aren't, that don't have a lot of fanfare to them that maybe don't have a lot of sort of obvious themes because I don't want to, I don't want to get distracted. I just want sort of some moody music that's, that's playing. Yeah. And, and so there's definitely times, uh, I think the first time I wrote to the insidious soundtrack was pretty jarring because oh. there's that moment where it's really quiet and quiet. And then it just, the strings uh-huh. kick in and, and it's just like <laughs> completely oh. startling. And there are, there, there'll be moments where I'll be writing and, and maybe like, you know, it'll be between tracks or I won't be listening to music. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of start to hear the, the pops and cracks of the house. And, yes. and that definitely went into Violet. Uh, all the sounds you hear in a, in a house um, at night. And, and uh, sometimes they sound deliberate. You know, sometimes you're, you're thinking, well, that doesn't really sound exactly like a house settling. That sounds like something no. upstairs. Or, um, exactly. I will say one, one time that I was genuinely terrified was I was writing, I was at my, my mom's house in, in Colorado and she lives in Colorado now. And my fa- my brothers and their families were out there and 
I was upstairs writing. She has a staircase that goes down into uh, the basement, and I was upstairs writing and uh, working on some scary thing. And I heard just from down in the basement, and it was the middle of the night. It was like 2 in the morning or something. I heard a girl's voice just plainly just start talking as if not whispering, not but just a little girl's voice just talking as if she's just talking to someone in the room. And I was listening. I was like, what oh, wow. is going on? Cause, and, and then I went over to the, the rail and I looked down the stairs. And as I looked down, this basically one of my, my nieces came crawling up the stairs with her black oh. hair down <laughs> over her face and just out of the darkness. And I, it scared the crap out of me. And she was, she'd been sleepwalking. She was down there talking and sleepwalking, but she came just scrambling on all fours up the stairs. Uh, oh my God. Yes. It was completely terrifying. Oh, oh. the grudge. That's awful. Wow. That's awful. I was, yeah. I was expecting a, I was expecting a ghost and that's even worse. Yes. No, I know that was that was because it was a real thing, and for a second I was like, "Oh my god!" Right. And then I realized it was. Oh. <laughs> At least right before you kicked her down the stairs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh. So, oh, have creepy. you ever witnessed anything spooky that you can't explain yourself? Um. You know. Uh, not not anything that uh, look i i love the idea of the supernatural i've always wanted mm-hmm. to believe in it i think as i as i get older i'm kind of become much more of a of of that you know um kind of guy and i really want like proof but um yeah. but i growing up i would always be sort of if some place was supposed to be haunted we had in our in my hometown in kansas we had <clears throat> several local legends and and so those i i was just obsessed with. and in in mm-hmm. my hometown we had this place called shadow lake which was actually real a really small pond mm. but it was at the end of this end of this road in the kind of right outside of town this trees uh-huh. everywhere and you would you would walk out there and you're supposed to look in the the pond uh by the moonlight you know the light of a full moon and supposedly a, a kid drowned in the pond and then when you looked in, you were supposed to see his his reflection or his face looking up uh, at you instead of your own reflection. And uh-huh. so, you know, we would go out there and we would do that and try to scare each other. And we had a, a crybaby bridge, which I think every town has a crybaby yeah. bridge where, you know, so we would do that. We had a uh-huh. we had a, uh, uh, an old abandoned house on the edge uh, right outside of town called Old Parker that uh, that uh-huh. was supposed to have a, a a horrible history to it and we and it was supposed to be haunted and we would go out there. Um, but I think the, the, the closest I ever came was when it was actually uh, maybe two years ago, maybe. Um, and uh-huh. it, it was at, we, my, my wife and, and my daughters and I, we went, we were in Colorado and we decided to go to Estes park and, and I wanted to stay at the Stanley, you know, which is the hotel uh-huh. where Stephen King stayed. Uh, and sure. got the idea for The Shining. And so, and it's supposed to be, the whole hotel is supposed to be very haunted. And so we went there and it was, you know, spent the night there. And around, um, like we, we fell asleep and my daughters were sharing a bed. And around like, you know, we fell asleep and maybe, you know, an hour later I woke up and they were both lying in bed and they were just both talking in their sleep at the same time. They were, they were, okay. they were like, you know, and, <laughs> They, uh-huh. I've never experienced that before when we've stayed in hotels with them. And so they were both talking at the same time. 
And so we woke him up and then my oldest daughter, uh, she just sort of turned and went, um, I'm trying to think exactly. Uh, I'm trying to remember everything that happened. Cause it was so weird. Uh, but she, she just, I, we woke them, we woke them up and then my oldest daughter kind of turned and looked at us and she just threw up all over the, the pillow and it was like, oh, kind geez. of gross. It was like, it was like horror movie throw up. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like exorcist green. It was like black. And so, oh, so we got, so, so we got, you know, we, we basically got my other daughter out of bed and then my oldest daughter was just sitting there and she just sat up in bed and just started giggling at us and staring at us oh, and giggling. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. oh my God. and I go, get out of bed. You know, we need to, we need to change these, these sheets. And so we changed the sheets and she went around to the foot of the bed while I was pulling the sheets off and she peered over the foot of the bed and she just kept giggling at us. And I, oh. and I was like, you have to stop that. <laughs> you know, it's terrifying. <laughs> and then, wow. and, and then, and then she sort of goes, uh, what was it she said? She was like, what, uh, like, it was like, she, she goes like, what's wrong with, or what's, what's, what was it she said? She said, uh, it was, I can't remember her exact words, but she kept repeating this phrase over and over. And then, um, wow. so finally we got two sheets, we, we got them back in bed uh-huh. and I slept with, um, with, my youngest daughter and, and my wife was like, we split them up because, you know, obviously one of them wasn't feeling well. And then yeah. in the middle of the night, my oldest daughter got up. She just got up out of bed and walked toward the door. And I got my phone out and I turned the light on and she was just standing, staring at the door out of the hotel. And she kept <laughs> saying that same thing, whatever it was. It was like, uh-huh. what is wrong? What is wrong? Or something like that. And, oh, wow. and I was like, wait, you have to wake up. You were scared. You have to stop this. And so basically, uh, and then, and then we, um, you know, got everybody back in bed. We finally, I fell back asleep, you know, and, and woke up the next morning. And then my wife said she woke up around five in the morning and she heard a little kid laughing right outside of our door. And so, so I, (laughs) we went home, we came, you know, it was terrifying. And then we came home. And, uh, and we were watching, I found a clip from ghost hunters where they went to the Stanley and I was like, Oh, this will be fun. Uh-huh. Cause you know, we'll see what they did, what they encountered. And they went down into the tunnels under the hotel and, um, the, they, the recording they got was down in the tunnels under the hotel was of a little kid laughing. And my wife's like, that's exactly what I heard outside our door. Wow. And, <laughs> Very cool. and so I, I, that was the, I hate that to be the, the one to tell you this, I but I think like, your family, I think your family is haunted. <laughs> I know they may have brought something back with them. They may have. Yeah. Wow. But it was yeah. That was that was the closest yeah. I've come to feeling like I was actually experiencing the supernatural. I think. I wonder what that was. It might have been a psychic machine because so many people expect to hear the laughter. And yeah, I love psychic machines. That's fascinating mm-hmm. but who knows what they were but yeah i've seen yeah. and heard things you know and all that and it's i love it but i can't say what it is i think there's an explanation and we just don't know it at the time but oh that's such yeah. a great story mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> it's horrifying it's not great it's horrifying it <laughs> it's greatly horrifying it's it's the kind of thing that really gets me 
Oh, that's yeah. Great. That's, that's Lauren, as bad as the niece coming up the stairs. <laughs> I know. It's basically, I have a history of children terrifying me, is, is what <laughs> it comes down to. They, they are terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we um, don't pay I much wanted attention to the noises in the house because of the cat. Oh. Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about oh, growing up in a small town because I, I, I grew up in a small town too and I've noticed that a lot of horror writers do grow up in small towns. Um, mm. And I, I've often thought, you know, that they, you know, small towns are kind of creepy probably because the kids there are so bored and so they create these things. But um, I hated living in a small town, but now that I'm older, I really appreciate that I did because I think it really shaped – uh, what I did. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I. You know, I think I feel the same way. I think um, I really loved it when I was a kid, and you know, like until the by by the time I was sort of in high school, and then when I was a senior in high school, I was I was just very ready to get out, and a lot of that was was just that I knew I wanted to try to pursue a career in film and television, and you know that I needed to be somewhere else, but. Um, I agree. I think there's something about small towns that I think, you know, obviously horror writers write about them a lot. And I think it's just, they're, they're supposed to be quaint. They're supposed to be very friendly and they're supposed to be sort of a, 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 you know, a moment in time sort of captured, uh, like, you know, they're supposed to have this very kind of fifties thing to them where it's, it's a small town. And so it's safe and everyone keeps their doors right. locked and everybody knows, it knows each other. And, and, um, and so I think that's more fun to then corrupt mm-hmm. in a horror story than like a story in the city where you sort of expect there to be trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, but for me, I, because I grew up in a small town and, and in Kansas, I've really enjoyed with Kill Creek and with Violet and some of the other ideas I have and stories I've been working on. I've really enjoyed trying to create a bit of a mythology for that area. And, and, um, because you really do, you know, when you think of the Gothic, you think of, of, mm-hmm. you know, England, or you think of the, or New England, or you think of, yes. you know, the South. Um, and, and there really isn't, uh, much for the Midwest. And, and so, um, so I, I just, I love the idea that, you know, I'd always drive around, like when I was driving around with my dad or something, we'd go, we'd be out in the country and we'd see a, an old abandoned house. And I was like, okay, that's uh-huh. haunted. We have to go check it out. Like I just yeah. knew that, <laughs> right. that place must be haunted. And, Absolutely. and there are, there's yeah. always those, those houses that are just sort of left out there and what's their history and what things have happened there, you know? Right. That's right. So great. Um, yeah, one thing I'm that I'm very me. curious about that I'd love to talk to you more about is the um, you're you're working on a, uh, a, a sci-fi uh, uh, series for sci-fi on George Romero's Day of the Dead. What can you tell us about that? That's cool. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. We we had the opportunity. We knew they were going to do it, and we had the opportunity to pitch an idea, and they liked our take on it. And um, and that's been really fun because. Basically, I love the movie. I love George Romero. I love all of George Romero's movies, but I love, mm-hmm. you know, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. And and really, what what we wanted to do was was uh, take the 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 movie as inspiration, and instead of just doing, because I feel like if we just did another story with army and scientists in a bunker, we would just be doing the movie. And George Romero did the movie, and he did it yeah. better than anyone's ever going to do it. 
so what we've really Absolutely. done is taken a lot of the elements of that of that um, movie and then tried to build it out into a bigger world. So it is set mm-hmm. more in a town, um, and it builds to what you know and love about the movie with the science, the scientists and everything. And, and uh, um, but it starts with um, a much bigger cast of characters. And uh, and we and then another thing we're doing is we're really we're telling that we're telling the whole season over one day. So. It is a day of the dead, and, it, and oh, wow. it, the, whole, the nah. whole first season takes place over one day. And if we did more seasons, we could jump around to any other day we want. We could jump a year in the future when, when things are even worse. We could jump, you know, so mm-hmm. we could go to another town that's happening at the same time. It's, it, it really kind of opens up some fun opportunities. Um, but it's been really a really fun thing to do We've, because of uh, coronavirus. We've we did a, a a Zoom writers room, which was really interesting and actually very productive. Um, ah. And so we had, uh, and we just broke the whole season. It's ten episodes, and we're about halfway through writing um, those scripts, and uh, and and hoping to shoot in Vancouver in uh, you know you know in a couple months if if everything kind of stays on the path that's right. on. Um, but it, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be super gory. It's going to be re- like, really, I want to, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the things that I sort of reacted to was I watched the walking dead. I love the walking dead. Obviously it's a fantastic oh, show, but I really find, I found myself with this last season after Negan and all that, I found myself getting so just worn out of running into awful humans. The, uh-huh. you know it's like you they, they finally get away, away from one and then there's someone worse out there and so with Day of the Dead we really wanted to go let's make a show about people that don't necessarily like each other from all walks of life that have completely different political views or completely different views on life and and let's through this zombie outbreak let's bring them together you know and so let's actually have, it, have a show that as it goes on these yeah. people get closer and it's and it's not that the humans are the thing to fear. It's the zombies. Fucking zombies are the things to fear because they're going to eat you. Right. So. And you know what? Uh, I, I so love yeah, that we, because, because I have to admit I've, I've, I've wondered that myself. I'm like, would – I mean, I'm sure that if something like that happened – I mean, zombie outbreak, but – I mean, come on. But I'm sure that if something like that did happen, there would be – there would definitely be, be uh, some, some turmoil and some uh, issues between people. But I also – you know, I mean, we see it in a million different ways. People do come together, and I, I agree. That is one thing that that show kind of does. Kind of, yeah, yeah, very. Nice. I think it was just a reaction. It was, it was more just uh, not, not because I love that show, but it was more just a reaction of, well, if we're going to do a zombie thing, I don't want to do that, and I want to. So let's sort of flip right. it. And what, what, what's kind of zombie show I feel like I need right now, and that's you know, right. just, and I think Romero does the same thing with. Yes, there are a few characters who are jerks and, and who never learn, but there are yeah. always that core group of people who, and, and his movies are so much more holding on to humanity and holding on to that last shred of human, of humanity um, to mm-hmm. make sure it survives, you know? And I think that's, right. that's yeah. what we're trying to do with this. Sounds wonderful. Right. Yes, definitely. Right. I love yeah, this. I think it'll be um, fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, uh, we're just about out of time, but what, what can you tell us about what you're working on now or next? Um, well, we have, uh, I, I actually last year, I think it was last year, maybe it was 
maybe it was later. It's, the time has just become nothing. I don't even know what day it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I sold um, Kill Creek to Showtime uh, as a series. So that's in development at Showtime um, as, as a series. Um, I actually wrote uh, Violet as um, – I wrote a screenplay based on the book. Um, and so um, trying to get that going um, as a feature – and then, uh, uh, and then I, I have another book idea that I'm I'm kind of messing around with. But in the meantime, I've really been trying to write some, crank out some short stories. I've been having a lot of fun after writing Kill, Kill Creek and Violet. I've been having a lot of fun writing short stories. And so, so this year I'm really kind of focusing on that uh, in addition to the other projects and and trying to, uh, you know, it's fun to it's fun to just have a kernel of an idea and go, okay, this is just going to be so many pages long and doesn't have to be, you know, 90 or a hundred thousand words. It, it's, right. it, can, it can, you know, it can just be 5,000 or 10,000 words. And, and uh, ah. that's been really fun. So, so hopefully by, that's you so know, great. by the end of the year, I'll have a few of those done and out and somewhere. And then, um, yeah. And then day of the dead and, and hopefully Kill Creek and Violet will get going. And well, are you writing we, any more uh, books? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I definitely Good. plan on writing more books. I, I have one um, that I've, I've been working on that, that it, I'm just taking my time with because I want to make sure it's right. And it's mm-hmm. very different. It's, it's, a, it's still a supernatural thing, but it's a very different. Um, it's dark. I think it's darker than Kill Creek and, and Violet in some ways. I think it's oh, wow. it's kind of mean. It's it's a little meaner in a way, but but. Um, <laughs> just in sort of the subject matter, but I think it's, uh, you know, it, it, it lives in those worlds. So I think it'll, it won't feel like a complete left turn, but, um, but I'm excited about it. It's, uh, oh, sounds good. it's a little more of a, it is a supernatural thing, but there's kind of a serial killer angle to it and it, um, nah. it should be fun. That's almost well, as good as we, ghost stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We that's yeah. our favorite. Yeah, yeah. And we we're 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 in touch. Let's keep in touch, and we would love mm-hmm. to have you back when you have something new coming. Oh, yeah. out Or you know, or just or to want chat, to talk about you know, your your TV shows. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. I love we, that. Yeah. Oh, that'd um, be great. And, and one. Yeah. And one more thing before we let you go, could you tell our listeners uh, where they can find out more about you and your work? Sure. Um. You can um, you can find me on Twitter uh, on uh, it's um, at Ninja Whenever, which is two of our kids shows put together. Um, ah. <laughs> and then uh, the the books are on Amazon. Uh, you can go to uh, the Inkshares website and find, and learn more about Inkshares, who is my publisher, and you can learn more about my books and there are other books there. Um, and uh, but yeah, that's probably the the easiest place. Um, and yeah, you can you can order the books. Uh, you know, you can find them in bookstores. You can you can order them on Amazon. You can order them on Barnes and Noble. You can they're sort of all over the place. So um, right. So if you're looking for Kill Creek or Violet, they're not too hard to find. All right. Uh, well, uh, again, thank you for being on, and we do hope that you'll come back. We oh, do. I'd love to. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Oh, you bet. 
Yeah, it was great to meet you. you. And we're I'm looking forward to Violet, and we're looking mm-hmm. forward to uh, the next the next one. So yeah, yeah, yeah you've you've work. already we, be, we love it. You've already become one of those authors who I'll read whatever you write. I don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Perfect. You and Nelson DeMille King. <laughs> oh, that, that's good company. That's about it. That's good company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, uh, thank you again, and um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. <laughs>